Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up. With the Successpert, award-winning financial educator, wealth expert, speaker, and author, Alfred Edmund Jr. And your co-host, life coach and author, D. Marshall. It's Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up. Welcome to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. And I'm here with... I am D.C. Marshall. That's who I roll with. And we got a great show, especially if you're an entrepreneur coping in the current environment. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. It's your guide to living an abundant life. Be lifted up. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. And I'm D.C. Marshall. Join our conversation right here on HUR Voices Sirius XM Channel 141. Welcome back to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. And we got a hot topic, an important topic. It's about survival of black entrepreneurship in the current COVID environment. Dee, tell me what you're seeing. You are not only an entrepreneur, but you're coaching and managing and supporting entrepreneurs, especially black women entrepreneurs. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about the topic um, today. You know, I think the question that is so important um, that, we, that we talk about is how black owned businesses have been impacted this year? I mean, that's the big question. Um, you know, we wanna be really honest and real about we're in a pandemic and so many businesses have shut down. And so this conversation and, and you know, this, uh, this topic is really, um, I think gives us an opportunity to see where there is opportunity and where there is um, the need for so many businesses to pivot. So yeah, being a black, owned or, or a black business owner in this time, listen, you could be on the A team or the B team and the A team are the ones who are winning in this season, but there's a really, uh, there's the B team and the B team are, you know, business owners right now who are sitting home trying to figure out how do I even recover from, from this year? So this is, um, I'm excited about, about this. Although the numbers are really uh, disheartening for yeah, almost five, almost what half a million, half a million black businesses have closed since the pandemic broke out. Well, we got the perfect guest for the show today, Elisa Joseph, a business consultant, um, with the uh, also head of director of programs for the U.S. Black Chambers. She's been all over this all year for on behalf of black business owners, and so I, I'm really excited about what she's going to bring to this conversation because, like you said, we're black businesses are suffering on the one hand. But there's, I think there's some hope to be gained from looking at who's really pivoted and taking advantage of opportunities that I think we can all learn from as we come out of this environment. Listen, you guys, you're listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. I'm here with Dee Marshall. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dee Marshall. And I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. Catch us every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on HUR Voices, Sirius XM Channel 141 for Be Lifted Up. Your guide to living an abundant life.
And we're back. I am DC Marshall, and my co-host here is Alfred Edmund Jr. This is Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. And on this show, we're talking about black owned business survival. How have black owned businesses been impacted in the pandemic? And it is um really sad to think about over or close to half a million black businesses have closed since the pandemic broke out. That's actually somewhere in the range of 40, 41% compared to 17% of white business closures during this pandemic. And so um, for our conversation today, we're going to bring in an expert. And Alfred, I think you actually, do you have a relationship with the Black Chamber? Well, I have a relationship with the Black Chamber, but I also have a special relationship with our guest. We're longtime friends. Um, she's really a, you know, a great person who's passionate about this topic. And we're talking about Elisa Joseph. She's a director of programs at the U.S. Black Chambers, which is obviously a major national organization that represents Black-owned businesses across the country. She also, in her own business as a business consultant, works with Black-owned companies to help them navigate um, all manner of challenges, whether it's this current environment or just building a successful business. So I'm really, really excited about having Elisa Joseph join the show. Awesome. There she goes. Hello, everyone. Hey, Elisa. Thank you so much for coming on with us for the show today. Thank you for having me. So let, let's start with the, with the with the big picture. What are you seeing? What what is happening? What is the state of small black-owned businesses as we've come through? You know, Dee just shared some really you know not encouraging numbers in terms of the number of black-owned businesses that have closed. Um, we also are seeing some examples of black-owned businesses that have successfully pivoted. And you and I have worked on some other programs designed mm -hmm. to try to help black businesses get through this. But what are you seeing in, in, from your vantage point as someone that works closely with black-owned businesses for the chamber and your own clients? So we're seeing a variety of things. Um, uh, Dee is absolutely right. Um, by, I want to say March of this year, beginning of April this year, 41% of Black-owned businesses had shuttered. The good news was that somewhere around June, uh, some were coming back. So that number changed a little bit, and it was sort of like 29%, still a very high number. The other issue that we found was that many uh, Black-owned businesses did not receive payroll protection program money or PPP money, right? Maybe 20% of the quote eligible businesses um, were able to receive it. So, you know, access to credit has always been an issue um, for black businesses. Um, it obviously was enhanced um, because of this pandemic. Um, but some of the things that I'm seeing um, do give me, give me a lot of hope um, in terms of what people have been, what owners have been doing. Um, we talk a lot about pivoting. You know, a lot of folks who were brick and mortar, um, you know, when everything was shut down, you really had to be thinking about becoming an e-commerce or digitally focused company. Um, there are lots of businesses that were able to do that. Now, it was difficult for, you know, entertainment, it's still difficult. Still, if you start looking across industries, it's still difficult in, in the beauty um, area. Um, if you think about spas and beauty parlors, barbershops, still some difficulty there. Um, restaurants have had a little bit more flexibility, um, but still challenging. So those are the businesses that we over overly index in. Um, mm. So it was really critical um, to be thinking, to really start thinking out of the box. Now, I think a couple of things have been true. The pandemic did sort of level set some things. So the way things have operated in the past, 
there's a new go forward. And so I think there's tremendous opportunities for businesses who really get creative and they get innovative. They start to leverage digital, they start to use their networks to really reframe what it looks like moving forward for themselves. Um, but it's not going to be without difficulty. We continue to look for um, enhanced um, ways via grants or loans or, or whatever to really kind of help our businesses. Um, but it's it's tough. I'm not going to exaggerate that, that it isn't. We tend to be resilient and we tend to be flexible um, and we tend to be creative. And so I'm very heartened by what I see businesses doing. Um, I don't see people sort of, I don't know how to make it. I really see them uh, just digging deep and figuring out new ways to do things. So what about all the, you know, every, and Dee and I have talked about this on, on other programs and amongst ourselves, you know, you, you see this push for social and racial equity. And, and mm -hmm. at least you and I work, you know, with, with a, a large financial institution, but you, mm -hmm. every day we're hearing $100 million earmarked to invest in black business, so $50 million for, you know, racial equity. And, and what is your take on what that ultimately is going to mean? Dee and I have had some very interesting conversations about this for um, supporting Black-owned businesses, the, re the, the recovery of Black-owned businesses, especially since most did not really benefit from, um, you know, the, the, these initial rounds of stimulus. Some did, but most didn't. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So a couple of things. Um, we have always, um, always had weakened cash positions coming into our businesses, being able to obtain capital and equity throughout the course of growing our businesses. And so what I hope for those who are helping to, um, to, to build Black businesses up with some of these resources is that they understand that it is a marathon and not a sprint. Mm. Um, I, I think you know, um, I'm sure D you know, but I know that uh, yeah. Alfred knows just based on what we've done in the past that you know, these, a lot of these things were happening long before the pandemic hit us. Um, we were just making it through. Um, so I'm heartened by seeing the resources. I don't want it to be a trend because this investment is investment over years. It is not, we're going to give you some and you need to be better by 2021. Mm. There, there's a lot, just, just by virtue of where we start and where we had to uh, to move from. Mm -hmm. I think it's great to have grants to kind of keep us moving. I think about what the long term is going to be. And it's going to be more than $5,000 in grant money. Um, you know, when people have leases and, and if they've got a commercial space, um, you know, a commercial mortgage or they've got equipment, there, there's still all of these, these same um, uh, debts or, or capital infusions that they've made in their businesses they still have to fund, right? And they still have to keep moving. And so my hope is that um, is, it is looked at for those who are investing, it is looked at as a long-term investment and not something where we need to get over the hurdle you know, within a year or so. Um, our, our businesses need a lot of care in that respect and the ability to really come back um, in a very fruitful and sustainable way. D, you and I have talked about the whole issue of being able to hold, let's let's say, the broader corporate America accountable for again these pledges on the front end, yeah. and then what ultimately makes it to the bottom line of black-owned mm -hmm. businesses. 
on, on, on the back end. Um, you and I have already had some conversations, but what, what, what are you seeing that that Alisa might be able to shed light on for us? Or what do you, what do you think the challenges that Alisa might be able to shed light on us for, for us for, to be able to hold these companies accountable? Um, I think the the procurement supplier diversity is a conversation we should have right on the other side of this break. Absolutely. So how about we take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, holding corporations responsible or accountable, I should say, in looking at supply chain. So stay right there. I am DC Marshall. He's Alfred Edmund Jr. This is Be Lifted Up and we'll be right back. I'm DC Marshall. And I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. Join us and have a conversation on how do you live an abundant life. It's Be Lifted Up every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time right here on HUR Voices, Sirius XM Channel 141. And we're back. So before we went to the break, Alfred, um, you asked the question, right, that we have been uh, the question that we have been answering and talking about uh, since uh, May 25th, and that is, you know, corporations, Fortune 500, the Fortune 1000s, they made big statements and big commitments uh, at the beginning of June, right? And the government. Real, I don't think I knew about that. I'm not. I'm not tracking those dollars, but. I am tracking the Fortune 500s because um, my company, we're certified, we're WeBank certified, we are MNS, uh, NMSDC certified. And so I think the question becomes, how do we hold corporations accountable to the statements that they made about Black Lives Matter and about the commitments, meaning the pledges to our communities? And since we have Elisa here, we want to really talk about that but I think my question would be more around procurement and supplier diversity, and certainly some of the philanthropic uh, uh, things that you all you are doing as well. So, can you talk a little bit about that, or share your perspective on you know um, on that aspect? Sure. Um, so you all mentioned at the top that um, I direct programs, uh, director of programs for the U.S. Chambers, and so uh, some of the philanthropic dollars that we're receiving for Black businesses directed toward programs. So there are things like, you know, COVID relief, you know, um, talk a lot about uh, supply chain, access to credit, and, and the like. Um, there's also that side of corporations looking for businesses to do business with, right? There's always mm -hmm. that thing that we've all heard for years that they could never find Black-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. So, um, Along with ourselves, you know, the National Urban League, um, NAACP and others, you know, money is kind of coming from all different directions to all different types of organizations, Black-owned organizations. And so for, for our part, for the U.S. Black Chambers, um, we've been working with some of our corps um, relative to supply chains specifically, where we have a president circle. So we have uh, a number of our largest Black-owned businesses that we are putting in front of them. We're also looking at those businesses to provide subcontracting opportunities for our smaller businesses as well, right? So trying to really kind of feed across the board, not just um, have it go one way. So that's one of the ways that we're that we're looking at it. We also, um, you mentioned certifications. Um, of all of that, there is no black certification. 
so the U.S. Black Chambers um, is putting out a Black certification um, a platform um, that will uh, be sort of in full effect by the end of the year, where we will certify businesses that are that we will certify them as being Black owned. Mm -hmm. uh, that's everything from ensuring that they are who they say they are, to mm -hmm. also looking at you know the length of time in business revenues, all of that. So as we start to really build this pipeline, have people, number one, um, register their businesses and buy and buy black.us, B-Y-B-L-A-C-K.us. Mm -hmm. We'll then move them into the certification portal um, when the time comes. And we'll have a better sense of all of our businesses across industries and what they can do so that we have a steady flow, a steady pipeline of these businesses uh, to um, to supply chain. In terms of keep holding them accountable, I think that's a multi-prong approach. I think mm -hmm. that is consumers holding them accountable with their dollars. If they're not doing what they said they were going to do, then we shouldn't support them. I think it's consumers supporting Black-owned businesses. Um, we work with Google. Google now has a virtual um, app that identifies um, Black businesses. So we're working in, in tandem with them as well. Um, mm -hmm. So that there isn't a reason for people not to be able to buy from Black companies. Um, and then I also think it's it's the multitude of all of us coming together and holding those corporations responsible. We all talk to them as part of our organizations in a variety of ways. And so there are times where there might be pressure to bear because you know part of what happens, as you all know, if there's a change in the guard of who's ever running the supply chain program, right? And the, all the rules get made all over again. And so you have to go back, exactly. So we have to go back and look at what they have put out publicly and then spend our time holding their feet to the fire on those things. We have um, been, been heartened by the relationships that are being built as part of this, but that's just the first step. And we just have to continue to identify companies that we know are great companies um, and, mm -hmm. and be able to make sure that we are always pushing them and pushing all of our companies into this pipeline um, that we create, whether it's through our certification program, whether it's through um, our members you know, in the USBC. Um, that's an important, or other black organizations across the country. So to me, that's a, we all have to hold them accountable. I don't think there's mm -hmm. any entity out there to do that. We have to be the ones to do that work. Um, and we've, we've got to be diligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so no, that, you know, that's really, um, I think, great work. And, and that creates a great, um, I think, opportunity for black business owners, because I, um, have been, you know, one of the first to say once George Floyd or after George Floyd was murdered, mm -hmm. God rest his soul, but uh, corporate America uh, for the first time allowed Black people to be Black um, yes. within, within, within their space. And what I mean by that, and I know, at least you already know where I'm going with this. I know before, where you're going. And, and Alfred said, before May 25th, as a Black person, you were not really black and you couldn't talk about black in corporate right. America before May 25th. Right. You were a person of color, you yep. were diverse, or mm -hmm. if you were a business owner, you were a WBE or you were an MBE or mm -hmm. you were an MWE. You were not allowed. There was really, there really wasn't a space for mm -hmm. us to hold all our own. And so, you know, one of the 
wonderful things that has come out of this unfortunate season has been, um, I think, what we're seeing in terms of the shift and, uh, and opportunity for Black people to be Black. Can we just be Black and own that bucket? So I love what you're saying about the programming and the certification. I mean, I said all of that to say, I love what you're doing with certification for Black-owned and for Black people. And it's not the yeah. same right? It's not to say that there's anything or it takes away from anyone else. It just says in this moment, no, I'm not a woman of color. Not not this year, not in 2020. Nope, no more. I am no longer a woman of color. I'm no longer a WBE. There is There needs to be a space um, for us all our own. And so I'm, I'm really um, excited for you, for, for uh, you know, for us about, you know, just being able to have opportunities for Black people. So. Yeah, in, a, in a way, yeah, it that, goes back to the original point of having these initiatives in the first place. Because what happened was it was about opening opportunities for Black-owned businesses, mm -hmm. which, of course, opened up opportunities for Latino-owned businesses, Asian-owned businesses, military, LGBT. It opened up all those doors. And then next thing you know, we the door was closed on us. Right. And the D said, you right. can stay Black. So it really does kind of bring things full circle in, in a way that was kind of long overdue. It does. You know, our president, Ron Busby, you know, talks about this all the time. And I can even tell you from my personal experience, you know, there were times, particularly our very large companies, you know, the fact that Google now has a badge, we didn't necessarily want to have a black badge back in the day, right? Because you wanted people to do business with you regardless of your color. Now, now there is an advantage to being black owned, finally, right? We're, we don't have to compete in a multicultural space. We don't right. have to compete, you know, in all these other places that we still tended to get lost. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in multicultural marketing in my former, my former um, profession. And um, we always kind of got shifted into general market um, where everybody else could be who they were just due to language, right? Because we spoke English. Well, then we are part of general market. No, right. we are we are different just as everybody, every other group is different. And yeah. so this is a this is a little bit of a different time where we haven't had to kind of hide behind anything that we can come out and fully say we are black businesses, we we do business well like anybody else, our performance is stellar. You know, the work we do is excellent and it's time to be given a shot. And so I think that's probably the shift where we now see companies going, you know what, we do want to figure out how to make this work. We do want to figure out how and they're and they're ple what's really interesting is they're so pleasantly surprised when we bring them businesses that qualify for the work that they're looking to do. Now we always knew that we we could do that. It is interesting to sort of see, you know, kind of the faces and kind of hear the remarks, and and we're just like, uh huh, yeah, we, you know, this is this is who we are. This is what we've always done. Um, so to be able to be given that platform, I think, is a great space right now. And we're just and we just have to continue to push that issue and push that forward. That we want, um, we want all of our black businesses to be given a shot. Absolutely, I couldn't have said that better. We will be right back. It's be lifted up. It's your guide to living an abundant life. Be lifted up. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. And I'm DC Marshall. Join our conversation right here on HUR Voices Sirius XM Channel 141.
Welcome back to Be Lifted Up. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. with D. Marshall, D.C. Marshall. And we have our special guest, Elisa Joseph, who's really been schooling us on what really is happening and what needs to happen um, for Black businesses to, in fact, survive COVID. So, Elisa, what are some takeaways that our audience really should consider as they, uh, especially if they're entrepreneurs, as they navigate through this environment and, and deeper into the new year? So I think the first thing is you you do have to be creative and innovative. You really have got to kind of scan your environment, uh, you know, see what's happening with what your city or your state is doing. Um, I also think about it by industry. Every industry is different. They're all impacted differently. Um, I think it is important to have a website. I think it is important to have a digital or e-commerce space. I think if you're a restaurant, for instance, you have to have curbside delivery and you've got to have your business online so people can order, they can get in, they can get out. Um, not so much the reliance on how many people are sitting in the restaurant, how many can you keep serving now? How do you how do you um, expand and increase the number of people similar to what the number of tables you were turning over were? Um, one of the things we're doing for the beauty supply industry, for instance, um, we have a, um, a pitch competition right now um, at US Black Chambers that um, we're hosting um, with the idea of having a, a, a women-owned or a male-owned um, groomer um, supplies, whether they be hair care products, um, spa-like products or the like, and having them um, be part of this competition where they enter, they pitch themselves, and their product gets to be put on the shelves of Girl Cave LA. Um, so, you know, again, just looking at how do, as Black-owned businesses, we assist one another. Uh, she's a very successful Black-owned business in, in Los Angeles. She has elevated her uh, her platform and so and is willing to not only put product in her stores but also coach people who are trying to understand how to get through that process um, and to be able to move to the shelves of the targets and the Walmarts and the like so again just a great platform um, I think also that you can certainly come to usblackchambers.org there are tons of resources. Um, that we have. We do webinars uh, talking very much about what's happening in the pandemic space. It's important to think about workplace safety, um, your own safety as an owner, as well as your employee's safety. Um, we all know that the, the cleanliness factor has, has had to go through the roof. So how do we find a, a economical ways of, of uh, sanitizing um, where we are? Um, there are just a number of things that we need to think about. We need to even be thinking about getting the flu shot right now because COVID is coming. we got to think about what the second wave of COVID is going to be. So I think taking, taking advantage of the resources that are out there, now is not the time to sort of um, uh, isolate yourself where you don't know what else is going on. Now is the time to be reaching out to other people, reaching out to people in your industry, reaching out to your, using your network, whether you be on LinkedIn, Instagram, um, all the platforms, uh, going back to the old Rolodex if you have to, and really reaching out and trying to figure out, number one, how to possibly partner together, uh, see what resources are out there that you might be able to take advantage of. Um, we have had some partnerships with companies like Square and Uber who are giving discounts. Um, we're setting up people's sites for free who are uh, providing um, uh, discounts for uh, for using their services to customers of people using Uber Eats and Lyft and the like. Um, so there's lots, there's lots out there, but 
you have to leverage your local black chambers, leverage the USBC, ask us for you know what you may need. Uh, take advantage of this time to, I would say it's my last tip, this time to think about um, your own leadership development. Um, mm -hmm. What is it you want to do as a visionary, right? At the end of the day, we work a lot of times on our business, in our business, not thinking about the growth of our business and the growth of ourselves. And so I've talked to some very, very successful business people, um, Black owners who Know, are doing other things. They're still moving their companies forward, but they're taking classes. They're becoming, you know, getting real estate licenses and looking at other places where there might be spaces to make additional capital. Um, so this is a time to do that, to really kind of invest in yourself um, a little bit more, um, but to also be looking at what trends are going on and to leverage as much digital and e-commerce as you possibly have to really promote yourself, really um, get yourself out there so that um, when we come on the other side of this, you not only have a loyal customer base, you're also able to have grown your business as well and kept your revenue moving. Elisa, that is such great information. Thanks for providing information about what the U.S. Black Chamber is offering and how our audience can get in touch with them. Um, just thank you. You poured into us, and I think it's going to have major, major benefits to our audience going forward. I wish everybody success. I, you know, I think all of us working together um, just benefits um, the growth of all of us, uh, whether it be individually, professionally, or in our business lives. And so, I thank the two of you for um, for taking time to talk to me today, and um, I just wish everybody just as much success as you can handle. Really happy holiday. Stay safe during this time and you know, visit us on all of our platforms at USBC or usblackchambers.org. Thank you, Elisa. Thank you so much for all your all the information. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. This is Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Hi, I'm Dee Marshall. And I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. Catch us every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on HUR Voices, Sirius XM Channel 141 for VE Lift It Up. Your guide to living an abundant life. Well, you've been listening to Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Another great show, Dee. I think so. I think it was a great show. I mean, listen, um, anytime we could provide insight and resources to black yeah. businesses, I mean, this is a show about finance and, and keeping the faith. So I think our guest today uh, helped us to, to stay in faith and stay encouraged, um, you know, for, for everybody who's a, who's a business owner and even those who have lost businesses. Um, you know, Elisa, she mentioned, you know, some of the business had recovered already. And so uh, I, I, I'm really hopeful is my word. I'm hopeful. That's what I loved about what Elisa presented. It was a hopeful posturing yep. uh, that is in, light with, in line with the theme of this show about living an abundant life. You have to have faith, especially in times of adversity. And you're right. She was realistic about the numbers that we talked about. But after that, it was about here's what we can do. We can get through this. We've gotten through things in the past with the help of God, and, and this is no different. That's our show for today. Thanks again to Lisa Joseph of the Black Chambers. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. I'm here with D.C. Marshall. Listen, you can follow all things Be Lifted Up Radio at B, the letter B, Lifted Up Radio on all social media platforms. Stay in touch with us. We'll keep you informed.
Thanks for listening. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life.